Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Leave, leave it all behind. Rewrite the story. Change the lines. What if we took the time to get to know a person? Not just the first impression, but their story. I'm Shani Payton, and I am bringing you along as I learn that I am not alone in this journey of life, and neither are you. Join me every week as I hear courageous stories of inspiring individuals determined to leave an impact on this world. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through, such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted me in my journey of healing. My goal is for you to feel that you are not alone in your struggles. Let's heal together, and you know I'll be bringing some fun along the way. Now let's dive in to some emotional, scary, humorous, and heroic stories. Thanks for coming along as I continue to grow. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. This is the moment, it's time to turn the page. Hey guys, I'm so excited that you have joined me once again today. I had an awesome conversation with Rachel and I hope you'll stick around and hear us. We had such, such a great time together. She gets vulnerable. We get vulnerable. We talk about all the things. We talk mental health, which is a near and dear subject to me. So I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys do as well. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. My name is um, Rachel Joy Barbeau, um, but legally it's Rohi, but I've had a kind of career in the public life. And so I'm known by uh, my previous last name, but I am married now. And I was, so I was a sportscaster for um, 17 years and I never aspired to, I mean, I had goals and dreams, but I never aspired to like break ceilings and be the first in things. But I did end up doing those things. I was the first female host on Sirius XM on their college channels. And um, voted for the Heisman. There's very few women that vote for the Heisman. And did a lot of really neat things in my career. And then back in 2016, I saw a problem within college athletics. And I did something about it. And I feel like in this world today, people see problems. And our worldly view is not my problem, not my time, not my issue. 
I'm going to move on with my life. And I think the more unselfish, beautiful view of the world should be, I can do something about that. I can make people laugh like you do. I can fill a void. I can help people. And so I created this this movement called I'm Changing the Narrative. And it happened to start in athletics, but now we visit with law enforcement, customs and border patrol, high schools, prison ministries, halfway houses, like high, I mean, there's nowhere I won't go. Cause I kind of feel like age six to 96, you're never too old or too young to be who you were created to be. So you're retired from sports casting and now you full-time do speaking or what exactly are you doing with this? So it's a little bit of everything. So it started out in 2016 as speaking, right? And I still speak. That's primarily what I do. Um, But then I host, you know, I recognize, I was like, I host masterminds. I do retreats. I do one-on-one coaching. Not right now because I'm actually in the very end of um, turning in my first published book manuscript. And so... (laughs) How exciting. (laughs) I know. And it's coming out in 2023. called Chasing Joy. And so, yeah, so I speak. Thank you. I speak. And and one of the other things that's happened along the way, I lost my mom in in 2019. And when she left this earth, I really was hit with my own mortality. And I thought about, it's not a matter of, you know, uh, if I die, it's when I die. And I, I thought, what will happen to my movement if, um, you know, when, when I do. And so I began to train other speakers that have amazing stories that want to align their particular personal stories with the values and tenets of I'm changing the narrative, which happen to be purpose, passion, platform, good love for yourself and others, soul care, which is deeper than self-care, um, you know, legacy, purpose, those things, mental health. And so I began to train other speakers and it's a real joy to me to watch other people and help them get out on the road and, and affect people and have that high um, from giving of your heart and standing in front of a group of people and just kind of ripping your soul wide open and saying, here I am, you know, all of me, good, bad, happy, sad. I love how you're using your knowledge and your background to train others. And like you said, you're kind of creating something to leave behind which is amazing and exciting. So I think that's so impactful and just, I commend you for that because that's so, the world needs so much positivity and, and even just some guidance, you know, sometimes, you know, social media can be a very scary place, but there's so much positive too. So I love how you, you know, nowadays we can hop on Instagram or wherever and see just snippets of a presentation or, a, a, you know, something you have done that might just be a minute long, but it's so impactful and can kind of give you that little bit of encouragement to get through the rest of the day. So I just think that's so neat. And I'm sure, do you have lots of platforms where you kind of put out your work? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I do. We do LinkedIn, we do Twitter, we do Facebook, we do Instagram, we do YouTube, kind of wherever people can find us. And I have to like pay the compliment back to you. I think you've got to find your sweet spot in life and just run with it. And, you know, my yeah. mom uh, named me, my mom, and my uncle named me at birth, Rachel Joy. And so my middle name is really Joy. And people ask me that like all the time. And then the book is tentatively titled Chasing Joy. Um you know, when the world will crush you, when you've had loss that will, 
you know, bring you to your knees when you've had addiction, when you've had people wrong you, when you've had loss, you know, all the things, right? That you can still find joy in those moments. And I would say for you, I originally started following you and it, the same goes for you. I can watch for a minute and I find myself in you, first of all, like, you know, the makeup or the this or that, you know, or the people on, you know, their comments. And so for that short moment, you know, I get carried away in laughter and that short moment I laugh at mm. myself and that short moment I get a reprieve from the world. And so I would just pay the compliment back to you and say, you do that for so many people. And I think that's why you are so popular and so relatable to so many people because you're real. Like who in the world yeah. can really do these makeup tutorials online? Like I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's amazing. I am very happy there are people capable of doing that, but I've never <laughs> met one yet. So <laughs> I just snorted. it's. I'm a snorter, so yay. We are in good company. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's true, you know, we whatever it might be, whether it's the encouragement or the laughter, there is it, it is neat that we can put that out there. And that's how I'm feeling, and even a big reason I'm starting this podcast is I realized I did nothing to, you know, get the platform that I have as far as as many followers or anything. It just happened. So I do feel like, you know what, I've been given this for a reason. And so I don't want to waste it. I I need to decide why. And any of that might change over the years. Yeah. But I feel as soon as I started sharing more of my personal story, I realized that the amount of people reaching out to me with questions or just advice. I'm like, wow, there's, there's a need here. People are needing hope. They're needing that kind of voice of seeing someone real like me that has been through different struggles in life. And so that's where I'm going with it basically. And why I started the podcast. I'm like, I've been on many podcasts now and I'm like, there's so many stories of amazing people that I have to share because it encourages me and I know there's the potential for it to encourage someone else. And my main goal and what I like to say is like, I don't want people to feel alone in whatever they're going through in life yep. because I went through several different things like infertility and we adopted. And during those times, I was very alone. I did not have a support system set up. So if me being funny about some serious things in life might make someone feel a little more supported, uh, that's what I'm here for. And and then people like you that are doing the same in different ways, I just, I'm like, I need to share this, everyone's knowledge with anyone that will listen. Well, look, we're cut from the same cloth and, and here's the reality is I've learned this and it's such a powerful lesson. We are conditioned to believe that people are drawn to our perfections, but it's in reality, our imperfections that draw more people to you mm -hmm. than your perfections ever did. I don't relate to Giselle, the supermodel. I have nothing in common with Giselle, the supermodel, you know, I relate to people who have had loss, who have had struggles, who have, 
been, you know, I call it fingernail fake, you know, hang on, hung on, hung on by the, you know, the quicks of their fingernails who have been face down in the mud and somehow gotten up and, you know, chosen to keep going. And so social media, some of it will tell us that we need to like, you know, be beautiful and smart and, and have a, you know, snatched waist and this nose and whatever, and this needs to happen and these perfect relationships. And I said, I believe I know we're setting people up for failure, especially in relationships and marriages and, you know, just how you feel about yourself. I speak to women a lot and I I tell them, I'm like, man, whatever you believe, whatever creator you believe in, for me, it's God, but whatever you believe, the same creator that thought we needed the Andes and Kilimanjaro thought there needed to be one of you and you and you and you and what you do is different than what the next person does and nobody has your fingerprints and nobody has your intense like purpose of why you were put on this earth and so if your listeners take one thing from me today man is to stop buying into this fallacy this death trap of comparison and perfection because it's yeah, sucking the life right out of us that's awesome and i totally agree agree it's you know that social media it's I definitely have a love-hate relationship with it like my kids don't have social media because I see there's so much like you said the comparison and so much damage that happens when I mean and everyone you know is in charge of their own children but for me and maybe it's because I am in that world so much now but I can see the damage that it can cause. And I think that's just another reason that I try to be so real on my social media platforms is because I think we need more of that because we like, I I feel like I'm pretty relatable for, you know, some wives and moms. And so and when I get on, those are the kind of people I want to follow because I'm like, oh my gosh, sure. yep, my kid <laughs> did that today too. And so you just feel a little less alone. And, but yeah, I think that social media again, like we've already said, but it's, there's so much positive in it too. So it's hard kind of like, you said the comparison, trying not to do that when it's in our face all the time and, you know, try to still be real normal humans um, that, you know, it, but it's hard. And that's where I think with kids, for me personally, in my family, sometimes it's hard for me to manage the feelings around comparing or the negative feedback I'll yes. get. And so I think, how can I expect my children to be able to manage that? Like I'm, a, you know, okay, pretty there adult. And there are days yeah. that's like, oh, why did they say that to me? And so it's, it's scary. No, I totally really agree. Scary. Yeah. I, I've, I've, so look, here's, and I'm writing about it in the book. Here's what I learned during the pandemic and, and our movement. We have a psychologist that backs our movement. I just call myself like oh. a street therapist. You know, I'm just somebody who's been through it and come out the other side and has some wisdom, but we do have a psychologist behind our movement. I'm changing the narrative. And what he taught me during the pandemic, when I was locked down, I was by myself before I got married in Nashville. And um, he taught me, Rachel, check in with yourself multiple times a day. Right. If what you're watching, if what you're consuming, if what you're reading, if what you are, who you're around, are they dream killers or dream builders? Are they energy vampires, as my friend John Gordon says, or you know, somebody who builds you up? So he taught me to check in with myself. And I I do that now and I did that then. And what I recognized was if I'm scrolling and starting to feel less than about myself, 
or about my relationship or about my life or starting to compare. He taught me to put it down, walk away and, you know, Mm -hmm. ask myself, what do I need? And people oftentimes think this checking in with yourself has to be this whole grand, well, I'm going to go to the corner and meditate for an hour. No, it's just, just get by yourself, go to the bathroom if you're at work and go, what, what do you, Mm. what does little Rachel need? Like, what, what are we doing here? How do we feel? And so I began that simple practice. And I remember back in the pandemic and even now the office, Steve Carell, you know, Michael Gary Scott was like self-care for me. So when the world felt too heavy and there was too much news and it was too much negativity, I would put on The Office. And even now, before I go to sleep, a lot of times I'll put on an episode of The Office yeah. just to laugh, just to like release. And it's and, and I teach people in my movement in the book, I teach people, mm. find what works for you. Because what works for you is not what works for somebody else. But you got to find what feeds your own soul and you got to really be like pointed about wow. checking in with yourself daily. That, and that's hard, I think, for so I mean- I guess, yeah, probably so many people is as an adult when you aren't really raised that way, because I know I've been on quite a growth journey the last couple of years and it's, it takes a lot to be intentional and to do these things that improve our mental health. And I've been struggling through this last couple of years, but I think that's the key is you have to kind of get to know yourself and be intentional on first of all, getting to know yourself. And then, like you said, doing these check-ins and seeing how am I feeling? You know, what could help me right now? Self-care, you know, that's such a like, I don't know. I feel like it's very like mainstream right now, but it's true. You know, it's, and I've realized the benefit of self-care and sometimes it's just, asking for it help, is. asking someone to take my kids to school for me. Um, or maybe it's going to get a pedicure, you know, it's different every day, but recognizing that that's okay because I was always, you know, the mindset of I'm fine. I can do everything. I don't yep. need help. And yep. realizing like, Oh, I need all kinds of help and that's okay. You know, it, it's okay to need help. <laughs> It's totally okay. And that's how we're connected is by asking people for help. You know, this is a trigger warning, but um, back after my mom passed away in 2019, I, I got to such a place where I was lying and using this, the the phone to, to tell other people I was fine. And I was struggling mightily. I'd gone through losing my mom. I'd had a breakup and I was financially not in a great place after helping my mom through, um, through, you know, her cancer battle. And, and it took those things it combined with two nights of sleep deprivation. And I got into a place, what I call my dark night of the soul, where I heard voices telling me to take my own life. And the reason why I'm bringing this up was um, because of the fact that the lie that I told myself in the middle of the night was, do not call anybody, you'll burden them. And I remember I had friends and family tell me afterwards, if you had done that, you would have wrecked my life. Like you would have broken my heart. And I can't believe they were hurt. And they said, I cannot believe that you didn't think you could call me, but that's the lie we tell ourselves. And I just shared this the other day on social media and it's like, and, and it doesn't have to be this traumatic, but, but hear me out. It's people would rather share your burdens mm-hmm. and carry your casket. And as a mother, as a father, as a caregiver, as a friend, as a coworker, as whatever it is, 
the lie we tell ourselves is that we can't tell anybody and we shouldn't burden them. And we have shame around struggles when reality sharing someone's burdens and holding space for them and loving them and taking your kids to school or making peanut butter lunches or bringing you, you know, shepherd's pie at night or giving you, so I, I've done it before. Like moms, like if you can't take the whole solo vacation, go to a hotel for one night and bring a comfy robe and like, yeah you know, have breakfast in bed and rent all the movies and, right. you know, and, and, and just, so I say that to say is we are so conditioned to believe that we're burdening people with the air quotes and reality, people want to love you and help you and they want to stand by you. Most people do. Mm. And so I, until I take my last breath on this planet, I'll be telling people that because it almost caused me to take my own life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now I teach people about having a battle plan and this is so important. And it's, if you ever get to that really traumatic place, or even if you're not there, but you're just struggling, you need to have three people. I call them your ride or dies. Three people that you can call if you are just won the lottery and you got all the money in the world and you want to go to Mexico, baby, for two weeks. <laughs> or if you are in the most, you know, remote region of whatever, and you've got a flat tire, or they're the same person that you would call if all you had in your pantry was ramen noodles. They are your people, no matter what. And some people say to me, well, what if I don't have three? Well, if you have one, you know, and then work on developing those deep friendships. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But what you do when you're struggling is you reach out to the first one, then you reach out to the second one, then you reach out to the third one. And if you're really in a crisis, the fourth call is to a crisis hotline. But if you're not, and you're somewhere before that, you reach out to one of those three people or all three and say, can you help me? Mm. I love you and I'm struggling right now. I need help with the kids. I need uh, whatever it is, you know? And those people, I get, and the people ask me all the time too, do I tell them they're my ride or dies? Heck yeah, you tell them. <laughs> tell them I love you this much. And then you teach them to go find three more people and three more people and three more people. And before you know it, it freaking spreads out like a spider web. And we got people taking care of people and leaning on people and people not struggling alone because isolation is what gets us. Oh, isolation is what gets us. That is so true. So, so true. For me, the, what you just said is amazing because that's one of the things I feel like I've never had in life until recently. And it really was right before the pandemic when I started creating some really different type of like girlfriend relationships. And then the pandemic really threw me into it because we really did need each other. And it has been so amazing for me to see these relationships grow and be nurtured and the impact that we have on each other. It's not just take, 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 we truly want to be there for each other and we are, and I've never had that before. Yes. So I see the benefits of it and it makes me sad when people don't have that. Like you were saying, if someone says, well, what if I don't have three? I've had people say things like that to me and it's very, it is very sad, but I get it because I didn't have that yeah. for, you know, almost I was 40 before I started creating some of these really deep, intimate relationships with people that matter. Um, what would you say kind of more about that? I know you said this is a whole nother subject, but about kind of creating these relationships and how you would go about that if you feel like I have no one. Yeah. 
we're so cut from the same cloth because uh, I was hoping you'd go in that direction and like you just pull, you just picked it up. Like it's so great because I know there is somebody out there that's listening to this that feels that exact way. Like I don't have anybody. I, I would ask people this and, and I ask people this in a, a number of different um, relationships, if you will. Are you somebody that you, would you mm. want to be friends with you? Okay. That's the first thing. And that's a hard, like, you know, like truth, like, are you a taker? You mentioned it, nurturing relationships. Do you always take, 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 need, need, need? You know, I I, I use this analogy with people. I say, um, you know, I ask people to raise their hands when I speak. Does anybody know somebody who only calls you when they need something? Immediately all the hands, you know, go up. And I said, well, how do we make sure we're not that person? And I said, you call for no reason. You reach out for no reason. My favorite texts start like this. I don't need anything. I just want to tell you blank. And you fill in the blank. I just want to tell you I love you. I do random encouragements. I follow people back that I speak to to just drop crown emojis and let them know I'm thinking about them. You know, I I came across this leader the other day that was following two people. Two. And I'm like, what? Like, you're missing out on the world. Like, you may be an authority. You may make seven figures, and that's great. But you're missing out on the beautiful humanity, the messiness and the beauty of humanity. So I first ask people, are you the kind of friend that you would like to be a friend with? Okay. I say that to people in dating. Would you want to date you? Because I was single for a long time before I married my husband and we were together for a while and we split up twice and we ended up back together, which I believe is like a sign of true love. But my point is I had to look a, like hard in the mirror myself and go, would you want to date you? Like, or, you know, some people are saying, I want a good man. I want a good woman, but you're not a good man mm. or a good woman. Like, in the dark. And I always say to people, I don't care who you are in public. I care who you are when no one's looking. That's who true character is. Like if you cheat on people, cheat on taxes, lie, steal, whatever. So that's the first thing I would start with. And second, I would say, I do this too. I say, who in your life have you lost a touch with that you could mm. go back and nurture? And you could say, I haven't talked to you in six months or a year or 10 years, but I just want to tell you, thank you for being the best librarian. Thank you for being the greatest teacher. Thank you for being my friend when I was seven years old. So that's another way that somebody who's listening, who's lonely, might be able to nurture old existing relationships. And then thirdly, I love these groups like meetups where you go find something you do and somebody else loves that thing. Like I'm a history nerd. So the first place I'm going to go in a town is a museum or like something like that, you know, like an old house. So if I didn't have friends, I would look for, or looking for friends, I would look for like a meetup group that loves Mm. history, um, that is like nerds out like me. And in that, I would hope to find somebody that I could talk to about my common interests. And then here's the last one. Be vulnerable. Mm. This goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. I'm not, we're not going to be friends because you told me you had it all together. We're friends because you've been real with me. The half the world is wearing a mask. And we said it way before the pandemic, take off the mask, show people who you really are. You're, you're good. You're bad. You're happy. You're sad. And I think all those things will help people either foster existing relationships, old relationships, or find new relationships. Yeah. I, I love that. And that last piece of being vulnerable is so hard because I never had relationships. I I never put myself out there and I wasn't raised really in a way where we shared our emotions or feelings really. So it's very innate for for me just to lock it down. And I, I mean, I struggle with this every day. It's just like, rather than speaking my feelings or my needs, I'll just lock it down. 
but I'm learning and that's been part of my progress in the last couple of years. And when I see what has happened, when I do put myself out there and I am vulnerable, it's amazing. It's the friendships that, that I've developed or we've developed over the last couple of years. It's so exciting to me. And I keep thinking like, okay, now I'm in my forties and I'm just developing the best relationships, including my marriage that I've ever had in my entire life. And that's all about, you know, this internal healing that I'm doing. It has really nothing to do with anything surrounding me changing. It's all about looking inward. And like, I love what you said, would I want to be friends with me, you know? And, and I love the word integrity. And it's, you know, I think outwardly, I could have a lot of friends and I always have because I'm a fun personality. People think I'm great, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that I was ever felt like I was a terrible person, but there was part of me that was always broken. And until I was able to put myself out there more and again, that vulnerability and allow myself to admit that I make mistakes and screw up daily and learn to apologize to my kids until I was able to do these things. I was a great person, but just like stuck, like not truly all that I could be, I guess. And I just, I absolutely love everything you just said about that. I relate. I can say, I can say relate. Like, so again, I just got married in December and um, toward like third, like coming up is our five month anniversary. And I recognized recently, like I recognized, I told him, I was like, honey, we're doing this and this and this. And he has these four beautiful children. I'm so blessed to be a bonus mom. And, you know, so we're doing, we're busy. We're doing this. And I was like, but we haven't been on a date in a while. We haven't connected in a while. And when we get out of sync, when he and I get out of sync, it's because we forget that we were best friends to start with. And so wow. sometimes like when we're both, you know, because and if anybody tells you they, they don't fight in their marriage, they're lying to you. But when, when we get out of sync and it's, it's going too far and we're getting out of sync, I'll say to him as your best friend, and that brings his armor down and that lets, he lets me in, he lets me be vulnerable. And so we've decided no matter what, like we're going to take that time once a week. If it's on the phone, if he's traveling or I'm traveling, if it's a date, if it's whatever, we're going to take that time to be intentional to have that date. The other thing that I think is so like interesting to me is, you know, we think sometimes societally, that word, um, that like marriage is like all roses. That's a lie. Okay. Marriage is a mirror that holds to your face. And if you're smart enough, it'll show you parts and places of you that can grow and that, and, and, and here's the other thing. I can't change my husband. You can't change your spouse. What you can do is do some radical healing. Like you talked about in yourself that is so lovely and so admirable that it makes them want to change. And so I, I, I gave that up. I can't change him. What I can do is work on me and be the best wife that I can be. And then the last thing I want to say that I thought was so awesome about what you said is that we're sent to our spouses, our friends, our loved ones for a reason. Because the greatest secret to life, in my opinion, is it's not about you. So I was sent to my spouse, much like you said, my, my spouse did not understand about advocating for himself and boundaries and saying what he wanted and what he needed and what didn't make him feel good. And so where he makes me so smart and more regimented, because I'm like this free spirit, 
he, I bring him this beauty of self-love, self-care, boundaries, saying what he wants, what he doesn't want, what he needs, what makes him feel good, what doesn't. He has never done that before and he runs himself ragged. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody else, then he gets mad and frustrated. And I know you can probably relate to that when you don't advocate for yep. yourself. And I say boundaries are the greatest form of self-love that you can do. Mm. Like it's crazy. So I don't like that. That doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to go there. I, I I have an uneasy feeling about that. I call it a woman's intuition. Men have it too. But oftentimes you get a gut feeling mm. about something, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. You know it's not good. And so I think as, you know, partners, friends, whoever it is in your life, you were sent to them to help them and be a reflective mirror for them too. And I'm realizing that five months in about marriage, how selfless you have to be and how much you have to die into yourself. And marriages or relationships are tough. And so it's not easy for sure. And we've learned a lot, but I love what you said about the being connected in the date nights because same here we get busy we get chaotic we actually just talked about it yesterday because our 22nd anniversary is on may 7th and we literally haven't even talked about it haven't even talked about it and it's like a couple days away and so last night we're like what are, are what are we gonna do like we should probably at least go out to dinner or something we're just in a very busy stage of life but it is it's being intentional with those day nights we for a while were doing we had a babysitter every friday night and we got out of habit of it during the pandemic but it was awesome because we would every friday night knew it was a going out night and we would kind of switch between going out with the two of us and then like doing a couple's day you know with someone else going out with friends And it was, it was just great. And you just knew to expect it. And it was just kind of routine and it was so valuable. So that's our, one of our goals is we got to get back into the consistent date nights because if we don't plan it, it's not going to happen. So it's like that again, being intentional, it's, stuff you know and again i I know you get it and by the way congratulations 22 years like that's amazing i was a career woman for half my life so i get to spend like the second half of my life i feel like with with my husband hopefully and yeah i mean you you know we've got like i said four bonus kids he works i work you know he travels i travel and one of the things other things we're gonna do he doesn't even know this on our our next date night is like plan a trip 
you know, a couple of trips. Like, okay, babe, like, okay, we can't get away to Europe right now, but we could spend a weekend mm. in Gettysburg, or I could take you to New Orleans. You know, like, where are your top three places you want to go? The next time we can find four days, let's go here. Our next, and I tell people this all the time. People say, well, I don't have time to, tra- I don't have money to travel right now. Mm. Well, you can plan it. And you can start saving for it and you can, you can plan it down to the restaurant you're going to go to and the hotel you're going to stay at and what, you know, museum you're, so we're going to do that just as another way of connecting. And, um, I told him, I said, you know, next date night, like, no, you know, just, just focus on us and laughing and having fun and connecting and feeling that like the best friend bonds. And And I think (laughs) because we've been through a lot of struggles at our marriage and, I think keeping the humor, like you were just saying, getting get, getting together and laughing over something has been vital for our relationship. It, because when you get away from being friends, it just goes downhill real fast, I feel like. So we've always like tried, and again, we've done a lot of growing the last couple of years. So it's awesome to be able to say I have the best marriage now um, than we've ever had. But I, I do think for us, humor is huge. Just being friends, like doing fun things together that make us both happy. And I don't know, it's fun. And there's the possibilities are endless of what different creative things you can do to get out and do something a little more fun than just doing dinner, do golfing. There's just so many things things that, you know, and yeah, you nailed it. My, I told, I just texted my husband last night and I said, I love how silly you are. You are the silliest human being and you keep me in stitches. Like he had this shirt over his head the other night and he was like doing this dance. He's going to kill me for saying this. And he was like, look at me. I'm Pharaoh, Pharaoh. And, and I am like dying <laughs> laughing in the bathroom. And I just sent him a text later on that night. I said, don't ever stop being silly. Like you make me yeah. giggle. You make me laugh. And laughter is the best medicine, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so important. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. He's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure he'll never see this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, to go backwards a little bit, you yeah. worked with sports casting. You're around a lot of athletes and you mentioned that you kind of saw a void there did you notice it more in like the whole mental health arena, things affecting men more than women and kind of what are some differences with that? Yeah, it's a good question. So when I very first started this movement in 2016, we really didn't talk a lot about mental health. We talked about purpose and passion, and identity, which is part of mental health, obviously looking back, but identity away from your sport. What I would say to make this relatable mm. to people that are listening to this podcast, because I've had a mother come up and say this. I don't know. People, women tell me, I don't know who I am outside of being a mother. Yeah. Your children need to see you try, fail, make mistakes, say, I'm sorry, laugh, set goals. They need to see that. So, you know, when I first started, it was purpose, passion, platform, my own experience with domestic violence. But as I, as I, as things began to change and progress, we talked about it more. And then I had my own dark night of the soul, as I mentioned, and I started talking about that and being vulnerable about that, which was terrifying. Um, and that allowed other people to be vulnerable and to, um, to be less afraid of, of sharing their junk. 
And so, yes, males and females do uh, do encounter different um, isms, if you will. Like what I say mm-hmm. to men is, I'm not mad at your granddaddy or his granddaddy's 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 granddaddy. But there's been an idea that's been passed down for men that is so false and so dangerous, it's killing men in record numbers across this country. And it's this idea that to be masculine, to be strong, to be attractive, you got to man up, shut up, put some dirt on it, keep moving. And that is Mm. killing men either by suicide or a slow death of the soul every single day because Mm. they don't feel like they can tell people they're struggling. And what I tell them is you've never been so masculine. You've never been so strong. You've never been so attractive as when you say, I don't have a tool in my toolbox to be able to deal with this. I need some help. Um, we also talk right. about you know, going into the cave and I ask a man, when have you ever gone into a cave and gone quiet on your mate when you've been struggling? The whole room puts their hand up. I said, guess what happens to your mate that's standing outside the cave? They feel like it's their fault. They feel alone. They feel rejected. I said, what if the next time you're struggling, instead of going into the cave, you say, hey, at least I'm, I, at least I notice that you're going in the cave. I'm struggling with something. I mm. might get quiet. I'll ask you when I need you. I promise it's not you, but I've got some reflection to do. And they were like, huh, wow. Like, you know, it was a new way of thinking about it. With women, oh my gosh, with women, with queens, as I call them, it's a whole nother ball of wax. We have been told our entire life we're either too much of something or not mm. enough. Yep. And woo, like you're too much, your personality's too big, you're too boisterous, you're too loud, you're too colorful. All things I've been told half my life and I tried to shrink myself to fit in certain situations. And so mm. we get those messages and we get them from music and magazines and 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 media and all of that and then it's the outward and the inward and then we have this inadequacy. And now, particularly in college athletics, but but all across the world, we just had in the past 90 days, three female athletes take their lives. Mm. Three. Gosh. Wow. Three. And um, and I'm just hell bent. Like you, you I mean, I'm I'm working on this book, but when I have you know spare time, I stay up. People say, you know, when do you work? I say eyeballs open to eyeballs closed because this is my passion. I'm calling schools. I'm calling over and over again. I'm asking. I'm bugging you. I don't care. At this point, I don't care if you like me or if you find me to be annoying. I'm talking about people's lives right now. Right. And and it's a it's the calling on my life. It's why I left sports casting in 2019 to be able to speak to young women, big women, young, you know, old women, all women, and, and tell them you're not defective. You're not alone. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are a miracle. And do not struggle alone. And the things that I struggled with that I was going to take my life over were in fact feelings. They were not facts. And guess what? I look back now and I was so worried about losing my house and losing money. Mm. So what? You can crawl back. Mm. The person that I broke up with just before my mom died, we got married, Mm. you know, like, you know, I'll meet my mom again in heaven one day. I can't change that one. But those are all things I was going to take my life over. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I think that's such an important message. And again, it's you being vulnerable, but for, you know, there's so many, and I've been in a very dark place as well. And I just think it's more relatable than we know. I mean, it really is. And I think like what you said with women, it's just that sense of not having value and not being enough. And it can take you down real fast, because it's not fun to feel that way. 
And once it's, you know, you've been impacted with whether it's words or however it comes to you, those negative, like you said, it's really just feelings. It's not facts. It's hard to crawl back up from that when it's dragged you down for possibly years. Yep. And you make a really great point. Lots of great points. Um, for some people, like the depression and the darkness, like let's, you know, like talk about Mama Judd, who just took her life. She had been depressed for a really long time. Right. But to the outward world, she had um, money, fame. She had all the things that you would think make you not depressed. Look, depression doesn't discriminate. It, right. it's, it's anybody. Right. And she would say her husband or her children would come over. People would come over and she would just go upstairs and lock herself in the bedroom. Mm. Like she, she said, and out of nowhere, I read the article. She said the depression hit her one day out of nowhere and then it just persisted. So there's that. You have the, God bless her, the beauty queen who jumped to her death, who was gorgeous and smart and successful in New York and just broke my heart seeing her tennis shoes laying on the, you know, on the pavement in New York. You have these situations, but you also have, and you nailed it. And this is what my best friend's therapist told her. Oftentimes high functioning people, you're a high functioning mother, you run your house, you run your business, you're a CEO, you're whatever, right? A single woman, whatever it may be. Oftentimes, high-functioning people get into trouble really quickly. And I can speak to that for myself. I had been depressed for a while. I've been clinically depressed, but never in my depression did I think about taking my life. I was just depressed, you know? And, but that one night, it only took me getting into the sleep deprivation was the final thing that clicked the straw that hit the camel's back. And then I began to hear the voice that said, you're worthless, you're pathetic, you're weak, the world would be better off without right. you. And so I, I really want to, you know, spread that message that one, it can be a long time thing for a lot of people, but oftentimes you can get in trouble very quickly. And that is why it's so important to have that battle plan, to have your ride or dies and say, look, if it's at whatever it is, to whatever degree, if I ever get into a place where I start to feel like this or in just struggling, mm -hmm. I'm going to call you. I'm going to lean yeah. on Yeah. And I think as friends, it's important to recognize that in our, in our friends. And I know with my kind of tight knit friend group that I have now over the last couple of years, it's been tough. Um, we've all had our kids home way more than we would like. And, but we've had to check in on each other. <laughs> and, and I just love that reminder because just because the, you know, life is getting a little bit more back to normal doesn't mean we're okay, you know? And, I, I just see we had, I have a close friend who she had her best friend took her life and that kind of what spurred us all like, Hey, we need to check in on each other. We need to be better about this. And again, it's being vulnerable. And I know we've said that a million times, but that's like huge. Yeah. And so I think that's important. Just check in on people and, and then in our responses, be honest too, because I've always been, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing great. And so I'm having to be like, actually, this morning was really tough, but I'm feeling good now. I went and got nice tea and I'm feeling good. And so being honest on both ends of it, you know, whether it's asking or responding, I think is so important. It's huge. And I can't tell you the amount of breakthroughs that I've had where um where that's happened where instead of just saying i'm okay I, I said actually no i'm struggling with something right now or like you said this happened this morning and then it led to like 
deeper conversations. And I mean, I can't tell you the amount of Uber rides I've had where I've like opened up to the Uber driver, the Uber driver opened up to me and, and we were like, by the end of it, bawling or praying for each other or like, you know, just because we were real with each other. And, and oftentimes I think it takes discipline on the part of somebody. Look, look, here's the reality. And what I teach, I teach king, queen, royalty. There's, there's that inside of each one of us, but it takes something from you, sweat equity. So a king, a queen, uh, royalty is not perfect. It just means they know better, they do better. That means they never stop learning, pushing, growing, mm-hmm. seeking. There will never be any grass growing underneath my feet because I'm always trying to be better. And my shirt says, disarm people with love, right? And I don't always do that, but that's mm-hmm. my goal. And when I mess up, a king or queen royalty, when you mess up, you own it and you say you're sorry. You live life with no regrets. And so part of that is saying is being able to train yourself to dig deeper. If I was your close friend and you said, I'm fine, I'd say, but no, really, how are you? Really, how are you? Mm. And I believe we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I've the most beautiful thing I could do in my life, I believe, is really genuinely listen to people. And not listen to respond, mm. but just listen. And somebody gave me this advice a while back, and I wish I knew who it was to credit them accurately. But they said, you want to really, really bond with people around you um, and avoid arguments. At the beginning of a deep conversation, ask one simple question. Would you like me to listen to help you solve your problem? Or would you like for me to listen to just listen? Wow. And sometimes we need, you know, with our close friends, sometimes we just need a sounding board where we need a vent we call it, you know, our, our friend therapy. And it's true. Sometimes you just need a, ah, I gotta get this out. You don't need anything really fixed. You just gotta get it out. And so it's nice to be able to have that option where you can, I love that you would start a conversation with that. I'm going to be taking that one down for sure. So that is amazing. It's especially helpful in relationships because, um, Oftentimes men want to fix, I'm just using some broad brushes mm. here. A lot of times men want to fix women's, fit your problems. And, you mm. know, a lot of arguments are, I didn't want you to fix it. I just wanted you to listen. Ta-da! Right. You know? <laughs> and so it originated out of that, but you can really apply it to so many people's, you know, so many relationships in your life. And the other one, if people are taking notes, because I'm a big, I'm a big takeaway person. I'm not that yeah. speaker or that person that kind of floods you with feel good feelings. And then a week later, you're right back to who you were before. I want to give you takeaways. The other big one that I subscribe to huge one is the five love languages. And if you haven't done it with Mm. your mate, if you haven't done it with your children, if you haven't done it with your office, if you haven't done it with any, like whoever, man, it is so valuable because you could be pouring your guts out to somebody and loving them, a coworker love or a kid love or a husband or wife love or mate love. And you may not be loving them in the way that they experience love and feel love. Then your love tank is empty because you're pissed because you're loving them as much as you can. And then their love tank is empty. So I just did it with my bonus daughter a couple of months ago. And it turns out she's words of affirmation and gifts, just like I am. So I was loving her in the way that she wanted. um, And and we had a bonding moment over that. So yeah, that's another one, a a big one that I I like to teach people to use. And it's free. It's on the internet. You know, it's a free 15-minute test. Yes. I I love that one. We did it years ago. And 
we were just having a conversation a couple weekends ago about it. We're like, we need to do it again and just see, see where if I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure we're both the same still, but it would be fun. I like to kind of end things off with a couple of rapid fire questions. <laughs> one, the first one is what is a book that you would recommend to listeners? <gasps> oh my gosh. And uh, we are so aligned. I was just about to tell your listeners, my favorite author, one of my favorite authors of all time, his name is Og Mandino. And he wrote a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World. And um, it is, my mom got me on Og Mandino from a young age. And here's the crazy part. Um, so she passes in 2019. I, and Og passed in like the 90s, I think. Um, but I was introduced through a friend insane to the person who took over his company like took over what? like Og's like worldwide company and I have a call with him like what? Coming, I'm like what oh my gosh what? Like, that's incredible oh. so get it any of his stuff is great okay Og, OG Mandino it'll change your life it is like this thin my mom had this you know had this uh, copy it was beaten up and I'm telling you I got like I got a love thing for like well-worn books mm. like touching a book when you're done with it and like I mean I love a, a reader but like touching a mm. book and like you know thanking it so yeah, Og Mandino, The Greatest Miracle in the World, but any of his books are fantastic. Okay, good to know. And I've never heard of him, so this is exciting because <laughs> I do love to read. So hey, that's awesome. You have to tell me if you love it. I will. I definitely okay. will. I'll order it. I might, if it's on an audio, I might get an audio. You can do that. Yeah. No, you can totally do okay. it. Okay. Totally Perfect. do it. That counts. You're a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of things. Um, okay. Second is where did you meet your spouse? The greatest probably possible story in my life. And it's got to go in the book. Um, and you just reminded me of that. It's got to go in the book. Um, I was speaking at a quarterback club in Montgomery, Alabama, October 17th, 2017. Remember the date, remember everything, what I was wearing, all of it. And I had been burned that summer, um, by somebody, my tall, dark and handsome, who was quote unquote, my type. Um, I'd been burned. So my heart was really um, crushed. And I go to speak at this quarterback club. And once a a year um, during their membership year, they had a woman speak. And my mother came, my mother brought her lifelong best friend. And they had me kind of in the side room taking pictures with people. And this guy walks in and he was not my type. Um, He, but he was tall and had this chiseled face and he looked great in a suit. And I've got a thing for a man in a suit. And so he takes a picture with me and I was like, huh. And it was like the first time in months I'd even gone, huh, you know, about anything, about anybody. And so that was that. But I walk into the main room and out of, this makes me cry, happy mm. tears. But out of 250 people, he was seated next to my mm. mother. Wow. And, um, and I got ready to speak and I was trying to like, you know, phase them out because I was getting ready to speak, but I hear them talking about his kids and, but he's not wearing a wedding ring. And I'm thinking he's got to be married. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit pessimistic at this point. I'm like, he's got to be married, you know, whatever. I'm not even doing that. And, um, and so fast forward to the end of the night, I found out he isn't, we're staying at the same hotel and it was customary for the speaker to hang out with people like in this restaurant afterwards. So we close it up. I'm walking up to my room. He's walking up to his, but we're sitting in the lobby and talking. And he leans over and says to me, 
I'm interested in dating you. And I was like, what? Wow. Love it. And we began to talk and whatnot. You know, that, that was almost five years ago, October, 2017, even in our two splits, we never dated anybody Mm -hmm. else. We just needed our own healing. And he likes to say that he fell in love with my mother before he fell in love with me. And how special. (laughs) And that's actually not one of the rapid fire questions, but I noticed (laughs) that you obviously had an amazing relationship with your mom. So I had that in my notes, but I had not asked you about it. But how, how do you feel that that kind of affected your relationship with her, how it kind of pushed you into what you do as a career now? She's a part of everything I do, you know, like people say to me, they say, you know, you Mm. are, she lives in your, she's, you know, she was reflected in you. Um, Everything she did. Oh my gosh, the best story. And this is also in the book, but the best story when we were little, she would have us on Saturday mornings, me and and her, my brothers were older, and we would make what I call these big honking blueberry muffins. And I'd want one so badly, want it so badly. And she would say, nope, nope, nope. And we'd put them in this basket. And off we went to this little mm. nursing home down the street. And she would go in and ask who has not had a visitor in the longest. And that would be the room we'd go to. And we'd sit for 30, 45 minutes. We'd talk, we'd hug. And she'd unwrap these blueberry muffins for them. Wow. And we did this. Like we did this on like on weekends. And inevitably, towards the end, like I think we'd given away all the blueberry muffins. And we'd get oh. in the car and she'd like pull oh. one out that was like a surprise. And... Yeah. And she just taught me the value of people. She and my grandmother and my my father just taught me the value. Like I say mm-hmm. this all the time: people are my currency. Wow. Therefore, I'm a billionaire. Like billionaire. And and I also say this is if you told me that I couldn't speak anymore, like if you know I was at this high school in, in Arkansas, and I said if somebody walked up to you right now and said, as I'm beginning to speak, I'm going to deposit and give you this million dollar check. But the requirement is you put down the microphone and walk out of here and you never speak again or don't speak to these kids. I told him beyond a shadow of a doubt, I wouldn't take the check because I know what I'm doing in people's lives. I know I'm walking my walk, running my race. I know I'm making my mama proud. And what my faith tells me is that I'll see my mother again and she will not have cancer. And she is up there in the most amazing place. I've been watching a lot of, um, near-death experiences and people that went to heaven and came back and like they have these glorious stories and i'm like whoa oh, my mom's up there like experiencing that, oh, that. like whoa that's amazing. and uh, mm. yes that, that brings me oh, peace that's awesome i just love i just i obviously i could see how amazing your relationship is just in the way that you had talked about her so much already and how absolutely amazing that she was there that moment you met your husband and what a sweet thing too like I've just I can't get over him saying he fell in love with her first and if I may just one more short story of course who wants to get married well you know without their mama nobody Uh, does and um so at my wedding I said I said mama just you know show yourself to me you know mm. just let me know you're here and um so during the vows I had a pin that was pinned to my dress. It was a little picture of her that my best friend had had done for me, Jean. And and so it was pinned to my dress. 
And during the vows, it was like pinned hard. And during the vows, the pin pops off and falls in between my husband and I. And I paused the vows, grabbed the microphone, said to everybody, just in case you know or don't didn't know Gigi, Georgia, my mother, that was her, like letting everybody know that she was here with us. Oh. And then secondly, she loved butterflies. And my favorite color is yellow. And I didn't find out till afterwards that during the vows, a yellow butterfly flew down the bridesmaids and circled us and then wow. left. Wow. And so wow. that was just her saying, I would never miss this day. Right. I'm just in a different form now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, I have like goosebumps and oh, oh yeah. that's, that's amazing. I love how vulnerable you're being with us today. Like this is just to me proving what you're all about, you know, and thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, Thank you. I have one more question. It's what is the best compliment you've ever received? Without a doubt. It is that your soul is beautiful. And I've heard Mm. that in some variations. That's awesome. And it it is i don't give a crap about what my face looks like i mean yeah i'm you know vain to the extent we all are right but i, right. I don't my my looks are going to fade my tits are going to sag you know what i mean like yeah. these things are going to yes. happen and 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 i i am blown away and i heard this other day that in so many other cultures the reverence is for age and wisdom right we we revere mm. people that get old we revere wisdom in our culture in America, we have this obsession with youth and staying young and we discard mm. the old and we put them in nursing homes and we don't go see them or we, you know, I, I'm Latina and Native American and the Latina culture, you just move your person in your house. Now, I understand that's not right. always doable, but I would love right. for us to switch to this place of revering and being honored that we get to get old and have grays and, right. and all of those things. And so and when somebody says to me, your soul is pretty, your heart's pretty, let me tell you something, baby, a, a dope soul doesn't age, you know? So yeah, um, for absolutely. somebody to say my soul's pretty is like an everlasting compliment. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Rachel and I today. That was so much fun. I really hope you guys took something valuable away from this conversation. I know I definitely made lots of notes and I can't wait to put some things into practice that I learned today. And I also wanted to give a shout out to the wonderful woman who contacted me to help me out with some sound issues that I was having after she heard uh, my little announcement about my sound issues uh, last week's episode. Obviously, things were not fixed in this episode because a lot of my recordings have already been recorded. But the good thing is that any recordings I do moving forward, the sound is awesome. So at some point, we will get to those episodes. But in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with me. I love you guys. I hope everyone has a fabulous day. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Shanty Pants Show. I really appreciate your support, so please leave me a review and some stars and share my show with all of your friends because I'm sure they will want to hear it as well. And if you just can't wait for next week and you need to know what I'm up to in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Official Shanty Pants and on YouTube and Facebook 
at Shanty Pants. See you next week. This is the moment. It's time to turn the page. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.